Welcome to Around Our Schools, an interview program sharing educational opportunities. I am Sarah Meyer. Margaret Firmuth makes this interview sound great. We have been hearing about our Tongue Point Job Corps Center. Since Job Corps began in 1965, there have been several attempts from Congress to defund the program. But sensible reality proves the many benefits for this career training program and funding happens. All Job Corps centers are under authorization and funding by the Department of Labor through the Workforce Training Act. Tongue Point Job Corps is under management from MTC and has a five-year, $74 million budget. Those dollars are based on 473 students, 194 staff, and an additional few medical contracted people. From my opinion, this is well-spent tax dollars. Today, Chris Salisbury, the Career and Tech Trades Manager, helps us understand the trades at Tongue Point, and student Cisco Martinez will share his experiences. Welcome, Chris Salisbury. Will you tell us about yourself and how you came to work at Tongue Point Job Corps? Okay, about myself, um, I, I grew up mostly in Clatsop County um, from middle school on. I graduated from Seaside High School um, and there I took as many hands-on classes as I possibly could, um, art and shop and so vocational agriculture, things like that. So I, I'm kind of from the very beginning sort of a, a job course student in some respects. Uh, I spent four years in the Marines. Um, I came back to the county and I went to Clatsop Community College here and got a associate's degree and, and then went on to Oregon State and I did landscape design and construction uh, program there and then came back to the county and I've been here since. I've, since 1989 I've, I've been working and living in the county and getting to um, the Tongue Point program, I was called by a friend of mine, Craig Wistie, and he said I, he thought I would be a, a good fit for this landscape instructor position. And uh, the first time it came around, I, I passed on it. I just didn't think it was right. And it came open again, and he let me know that it was open again, and, and I and I took it, and that was in 2006. And I've been an instructor there for 12 years, and before I took the construction trade supervisor position, and then about a year and a half ago, I took the career technical training manager position. Well, tell me what the job of career and tech manager is. Well, I oversee the, the daily training activities, budgets, protocols of, our, of 14 of our vocations out there, as well as managing the 16 instructors, and I support the roughly 340 students of those trades. Um, and just so it's clear, there's there is one other trade out there that's the seamanship program and that's managed by Captain Len Tumbarello and he has 132 students of that in that program. He manages that and I basically oversee all of the rest of the programs out there. Welcome Francisco Martinez. Please tell us about yourself and how you came to Tongue Point and uh, what you study. Yeah, I'm Francisco Eduardo Martinez Jr. You can call me Cisco. Um, people around Astoria in Oregon call me Cisco because it's a shorter name for me and where I'm from is Toppenish, Washington. It's a small town. Um, I graduated in 2018 and after I was done graduating I decided to, to relax and just to work around my area in my small town and then my mom told me like what did you want to do? What do you want to do in life? And I honestly didn't really know. I wanted to do something with computers. So what ended up happening was uh, my mom was telling me that there is a work source that's saying you can do Job Corps. And I've never heard of this, and it's really interesting to me because Job Corps is a good opportunity I could take, people can take. And I decided to go for it, and 
after I got accepted, I did CST, Computer Service Technician. And then I completed that first trade, and now I'm in HBI, I'm BCT, Building Construction Technology. Computer background, you're good with that, and you also are in the trades now, so you will be well wanted in, out in the work world. That's great. Chris, how are young people between 16 and 24 accepted to Tongue Point? Well, initially, uh, they would go to an outreach and, ad and admissions counselor, which is off-site. It's a, um, a student would find out about Job Corps many different ways, website, uh, in the, the local employment office, things like that. Um, and then they would go to the admission counselor, and, and the admissions counselor would try to explain to them the trades that are available at certain centers um, around the Northwest, typically. And then with that information that the admission counselor will get, then they could make a choice of where are there some open positions for those trades that they're looking for, what centers have those trades that they're looking for, and then they can place them to a, a job course center that makes the most sense for what, what the student might be looking for. And from that point, then their files would be reviewed, they would get prepared to come to the Job Corps Center, and then they would enter our two-year open entry, open exit program, and, and that, uh, that's how they would start and get to our, our center. Okay, and they can come in at 16. Do a lot of the students that come to Job Corps in, at Tongue Point, are they 16-year-olds, or are they more that, like Cisco that has been out a little bit and then came in a little bit later? It's a fairly small percentage of students that would be coming in at that age, and that makes it, in some respects, fairly difficult. In there's a lot of jobs that we couldn't place students in after they're done with our program until they turn 18 anyway. So we're there's there's less and less of those. And if a student is 17 and some, then it makes it a whole lot easier for them to come through our program, turn 18, and be ready to go into a lot of the trades that would have to be 18 just because that's the way labor laws are set up now. So, Okay. There are many trade careers offered. Um, how does a student choose a path? Or can they change it mid-course, mid or is it something that they need to accomplish and then move to the next if they want? Um, we do have some students that come in and realize that the information that they may have gotten from the admissions counselor wasn't really what they thought it was, and they and they get started in a trade and realize that it's not really a great fit for them. Um, and then they would have the opportunity to look around to some other trades that are open. And if the trades are closed um, and they want another trade, it's really difficult, and they may even have to look at transferring to another center. But we try to accommodate them as best as possible if they really found out that they started something that they just don't like and they realize it's not a great fit. As they go through their career preparations, that's the first phase of their, um, their stay in our program, they'll look at a number of the, they'll look at all the programs and they'll see what they are and they may have a different view of what that program looks like as compared to the information they receive from an admissions counselor. Are the trades and certificates, can they be as short as three months class to accomplish something and are as long as like a year program to get a certificate? We really, it's, it's a year program. None, none of our programs are gonna be really any less than a year. And it's, it's a year, 12 months to 24 months to get through any of the programs that we have. Um, they are really set up to be minimally one year. So can you give us what those trades are? All of the trades? I think so. I think that we're, I've heard a little bit about building, but I'm not sure. No, I, let us know. 
So the, the hard trades that we have are building construction technology and electrician. We have welding trade, we have a plastering trade, cement masonry, carpentry, glazing, painting. And then the soft trades that we have would be office administration, medical administration, assist, medical administrative assistant, clinical medical assistant, dental assisting, culinary, and computer service technician. And then there's the seamanship program as well. Well, and from my understanding, the seamanship program has more of a extended student clientele that they might come in from more parts of the United States and the other trades are primarily in the Northwest. Correct. The seamanship program is a one-off program. It's the only one in the whole Job Corp program of, of the 118 centers that are out there. We have the only seamanship program here at Tongue Point. I'm sure there's only so many places that would uh, have the facilities like what we do to be able to do that. And then the rest of the students typically are coming from the Northwest, although we do get some other students from other, other states because like, like a dental assisting program, there aren't that many of them, and so, and especially on the West Coast, so we'll get some students that would come from Arizona or Texas because there's only a handful of those, and if that's what a student wants and they try to sign up in Texas, then those counselors are trying to find where can we place them. All right. I guess what I want to know a little bit more is the complementary trades. If, if somebody like um, Cisco has accomplished his computer software and then he wants to take an additional trades to get a broader perspective, how, how does he do that? Well, Cisco's kind of a, an, an oddity, not, not personally, but Cisco's a good guy. But we typically, I wouldn't think of con computer service technician and building construction technology as complementary trades. I would, I would say uh, carpentry and cement masonry because you're, you're going to be building forms, you know, if you're a cement mason. You know, those, those two things go hand in hand and, and doing carpentry skills. Um, computer service technician in the networking and the systems piece of it and office administration who deal with more or less on application basis of what they're doing. Those two things would I would think are more of a complementary trade. Um, carpentry and welding. If a student wants to do carpentry but also wants to do welding and maybe they want to be a, a pile driver and, and going to that union or something like that. So we're trying to help people if they want to do two trades do things that really are complementary that are going to help them in the next step to have those two things together. Jumping out a little bit but are the union trades taught by union are to union standards at Job Corps? There are trades that are operated and instructed by union, they're union employees, they're, they're union journeymen, tradesmen, but they're 100% they're Job Corps and from the, from the national level on, on down, they are Job Corps 100%, the same protocols, the same requirements. And we all work together, but they are employed by a union and the union represents some of these trades like the our glazing trade and painting trade are run by um, and supported by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades. So those two instructors are employed by that union and their curriculum is really developed with the National Job Corps but through IUPAT. So they, 
they work together completely and we uh, and then it, we're also a pre-apprenticeship program so that's not an apprenticeship program but they're working them towards being ready to step right out of our program and apply for an apprenticeship program and be accepted and we do have some trades that are direct entry that as soon as they're done they can uh, they don't have to apply they can go straight to the apprenticeship program Okay, well that's really good information that, that we can supply students that are pre-ready to go into a union world with all of the goodness that unions have. Chris, what does a week look like for students that are in the trades? Well, hopefully Cisco will agree with me on this one. Um, so, so a week in the trade, it's, we, it's an eight to four work day. Um, and we, we've got one day of the week, a Wednesday is a shorter day as we do evaluation panels um, with students because we do regular evaluations just like somebody would in, in the workplace. They're, they're instructors and their counselors and, and academic instructors if they have that. We'll do that on Wednesday afternoon from two on, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday are an eight to four work day. And, um, um, they're either going to be in full-time um, vocation if they have already a high school diploma or a GED, or they may be on one week of academic and one week of vocational, and we, we call that an A-B week and until they get their high school diploma finished up, and then they'll be on to a full-time vocation week after week after week. Cisco, what's dorm life like, and what things do you do during your spare time? So... In my dorm, we usually hang out with our friends in our rooms, um, play video games, have conversations, or if, if we're not trying to stay in the dorms, we usually go out into the recreational area and play pool, play basketball, weightlift. There's different things to do all together with people and getting to know people from around the world. So you have met a lot of people. Is that a real social or campus life or is it just a study campus life? Um, it's more of a social life. Um, you get to see different people from different places around the world. It's, it's, really, it's really nice. I mean, I've met a guy from Alaska and I never thought I'd ever meet somebody from Alaska. And some Hawaiians never seen crows before. They're like, what is that? It's really, it's really interesting just to know their expressions and their reactions to different things that you used to see all the time. So do you have dorm meetings where you kind of all get around when it's not COVID time that you can exchange ideas and, and talk about what's going on? Yeah, it, it's usually every Mondays we have a mass meeting and then we get to sit with the people that are in our dorm and they tell us what's going on, what, what do we got to do, and it's just get to know people and like see who's in your dorm and pretty, it's pretty good to be, get to know different people around the world. So do you have like dorm presidents? Do you have elections and things like that? So I used to be res two president. And, and I controlled most of the res of what the students want. I'm the person that they talk to and they're like, oh, we want more sodas or we want more snacks. And I talk to my members in my group and then we'd figure something out or buy new stuff like a new ice machine that they need or they want more time to study or whatever. That's what we do and we help the, and we communicate with each other. So they feel more like they're home and they're more comfortable around people that they're trying to get used to. So were you elected to be the dorm president? Yes, I was. I was, I was elected to be a res president because people got to know me and I fixed their phones and I'm a really nice guy. I get along with a lot of people and I have no problem with people. I just, I'm there for people if they need me. That speaks pretty well. Thank you. 
So Chris, these career trades are considered living wage work. What does that mean and how does a graduate find a job? And then is there a follow-up for that job? So living wage, um, that, that's obviously a moving target, but what we're really striving to do is we're trying to get students out there with employment for as good of a wage as we possibly can. And, and typically we're, we have a standard that's going to be, our measurement standards are going to be far above what minimum wage is. And we beat that pretty much all the time. Um, they're, they're leaving our program, they're trained, um, they're ready to be em, um, employable, their behaviors are in, in the right track and on the right track and they're ready to go. So, so follow up, once a student leaves our program, um, we, do, we do follow them through the, the next anywhere from a year to 18 months in have they found employment. We will help them find employment, but have they found employment? Have they kept employment? What are the wages that they're making? And then by their, their fourth quarter of employment, what does that look like before they really exit our program and our servicers are kind of over with them? So we, we do follow them for quite a bit, and we, we do want to track how much are they making? Are they, are they making a wage that does make sense? It's a, a living wage and, and a high living wage. And certainly there's some of our trades that students leave and they, they make good money. They, I mean, as far as an, an entry level or first time job, they make really good money. And that would be over the minimum wage would be a really good income? Well, the minimum, minimum wage is so, so different from one place to another by the time you go from Idaho to California, Washington, and Oregon. So it's a, that's kind of a, a large target as well. But if we're, I would say we're, we're shooting for trying to get students that are gonna be working in the, the 17 to $25 an hour range and whether that's considered a living wage or not, but it's, we're still beating minimum wage by a long shot. And that's really what our goal is. That's what I wanted to hear. Thank you. <laughs> that's good. Um, we've previously heard a little bit about the unique maritime program and how that has expanded and still is a waiting list. If it were not for COVID numbers, are there other trades within your 13 trades that are at capacity? Um, before, right before the, we let students go for a COVID break in, in March of 2020, uh, we were full. I mean, there was one trade that was not 100% full. Um, we have on a regular basis the electrical trade, uh, the building construction trade, uh, the dental assisting trade, the welding trade. Those are full all the time and they're just they're sought after fields by young people. And so whoever, however that um, advertising is getting out there, it's helping them because people want to go into those trades and, and they are high wage trades. And, and I think that's known and I think that's part of the reason that students are want to get, wanting to get into that, those trades as far as being a journeyman electrician, knowing that you can in seven years down the road outside of Job Corps, you can be making 75 to $100,000. That's that's something to shoot for, and, and wanting to get into an electrical trade is, is a positive thing. So there's a lot of students waiting for that, that program, that's for sure. Are there cooperative efforts with businesses that are in the county that, that might use students that graduate from Job Corps? We have a lot of students, in particular in the construction trades, that are asking us on a regular basis, and we just don't have a lot of students that come from our county. Um, we'll, 
on, on any given month, we may have five students out of 473 that are actually from our county. And most students that complete our program are looking to go back home, back to a metropolitan area where their opportunities are going to be bigger than they would be here at the coast. So we would love to, but it's difficult to do that to get these students to work here in our communities. So it sounds like there could be more students from Clatsop and Pacific and the surrounding areas that could take advantage of the Job Corps program here. Absolutely. Maybe the word will get out a little bit. Hope so anyway. Cisco, has Job Corps been a good choice for you? Yes, yes it has. Um, it's really, it helped me a lot. I mean, you don't really have to pay anything. You're literally going there just to learn. You don't have to pay a single cent. And that's why I, I joined it because I'm like, in the beginning, I was going to do college, but that means I would have to work and pay for it. But since I did Job Corps, it's, I don't have to pay. I get fed, I, get, I go to sleep, I mean, and I get to know people. I, it's a really good opportunity. So it's been a good choice. Uh, what are your plans after graduation? So once I graduate, um, I'm not going to go back to Washington. Uh, I'm done with the hot weather. I'm trying to live out on the coast in Newport, Oregon. <laughs> There's a lot of jobs down in Newport, Oregon. I'm trying to be an electrician down there. All right. So when is graduation for you? Um, hopefully October. Soon. Soon. And that would be two years? Um, either within two months of this year. So you have learned and you are ready to go on and looking at Newport. Yeah. Do you know what your graduation ceremony would be like? Um, they do it virtually. <laughs> it's just oh, through a computer and I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Congratulations on graduation. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chris, can you tell us what goes on over the two years that you might have a student at Job Corps? Well, every student that, that comes in goes through a career preparation phase, then we'll eventually get into a career development phase, and then career transition phase. So we have lots of acronyms, so that's CPP, CDP, and CTP. So CPP is career prep is where they come in, and, and we just try to um, give them the the beginnings of this is what your this is what your training is going to look like and these are the people that you're going to meet and this is how you're going to be in the dorms and it's just an indoctrination I guess period just to make sure that they're on target with the expectations of what's going to be asked of them through their anywhere from one to two years that they're in our program and once they're done with that four week um, career prep then they start into their vocational training and their vocational in that career development time it may be academics and vocations. Um, there's a number of different things that will happen. That's the bulk of their training is that career development phase. And then we have another phase as we get towards the end, the last 60 days or so is a career transition phase where they'll still be in their vocational program, but they're gonna meet up with a career transition counselor, really start working on resumes and portfolios and job applications and interview skills so that they're really getting themselves prepped for that next phase, which is outside of Job Corps and, and doing that doing the interviews and getting the job applications done properly and, and how they're going to be able to present themselves to the workforce in, in a different kind of way. So that's, those are the three phases of what we do with the students. Cisco, can you tell us a little bit about what you would tell students that might, or people that might want to think about Job Corps? How would you recruit them, or should you? Um, so literally how I can explain Job Corps and the reason why to join, it's free. You start with an input and it varies from um, three people to 16 people and honestly it's 
and experience because those are the first people you're going to meet and those are the first people you're going to bond with because they started with you. And it's basically, you're basically a family. That's basically what we call input brothers and sisters. And literally it's, it's, it's funny because like you get to know these people during that CPP week, career preparation, and you get to know the teachers, uh, the students, and then you get to go on this like walk around of these are the, these are the construction trades, these are the soft trades, and this is where you're going to be eating, this is their dorms, and it's really, it's a good experience, honestly, and you get fed three meals a day, and then we have a store if you don't want to eat the food there, we have a student store that you can buy food from there, and it's really fun. I really have nothing bad to say about this place. It's, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, any more comments that you want to give to us? And I look forward to being on the other side of COVID as well, because there's so many things about the, the Job Corps program that's is more enjoyable when we're, when we're not um, kind of on our own little island out there, that's for sure. I, I, doing community service projects and things that we haven't been able to do for, you know, going on two years now, um, those are big parts of what we do and we really look forward to it. We, we appreciate the community support and like getting out and, and doing community projects and um, it's it's a missed piece of what we do and it's uh, it ties us to the community and I really look forward to that and, and that's a count that's not just here but that's in Pacific County as well and and I look forward to graduations that we used to do we'll do graduations three times a year and and it's a great opportunity and it's a proud moment for students and their families to come down and and go through that walk and and we haven't been able to do that and yes we do virtual graduations but it's just not quite the same the excitement and and the and being that proud of somebody so i uh i look forward to the community and our connection again and i, I look forward to uh, quite a bit of things that are going to make our program as special as it always has been, but it's, it's a better program outside of COVID than it is inside of COVID. So very true. If somebody wants to find out more about Job Corps, do you have a way that what they should do? I guess the best for, for what we'll do is I'll say you can get a hold of our business, business and community uh, liaison, Katrina Gasser, would be the, the go-to person on our center. Um, connecting with the employment department is, is certainly another way because they will connect them with a, an admission counselor. So that's probably the two best avenues to go by. I also looked at your Job Corps website. There's a website for Job Corps that if anybody wants some good information, they can just Go up to Job Corps and find out about Job Corps. So I have many thanks to Chris Salisbury and Francisco Martinez for sharing the career training programs and life on Tongue Point Job Corps campus. We've learned much over the last three interviews, which we hope has informed our listeners. Margaret Fremeth and I have produced nine half-hour programs to share educational opportunities. Job Corps has been in Astoria since 1965. Classic Community College has been offering classes since 1958. Every taxpaying citizen helps support these programs and we all need to be aware of what is offered and they're striving to provide great results for the students. Thank you all for listening. Special thanks to KMUN for airing around our schools. If you have missed a program, you can hear it by going to the KMUN website and clicking on the podcast Around Our Schools. Next month, we begin interviews with the Astoria 1C School District. Thank you.
Mm-hmm.